Oh man, we are so pumped for this morning. I, I walked in and I was so thrilled to see all of you in here eating donuts. And, um, but just the conversation that we have talking about this whole thing with communication goals. And um, it was, I was listening to this one family and um, he, the, the dad was like, I'm like you, I just want to be liked. And his daughter was like, oh, I am in control. And I said, see my daughter, she's in control, but I love her because she's such a strong leader. She started working at Nordstrom and she was a, a manager before you knew it because she goes, you know what, I don't take no mm from nobody because I don't care if people like me, you see? Not that she doesn't care, but she really knows that we all have gifts that we all have to bring to this world. But how to get along when our communication goals are so different is the challenge. And, and so um, I also shared a story last night with some people about be hanging out with Bob, Mr. Right and in control. <sighs> Apparently you and Kirk have the exact same order. That's why you get along. That's right. You usually get married to someone who's different than you. Anyone can contain to that. If you're married, do you think you might be married to someone who's different than you? But then you are usually good friends with this person who has the same communication goal as you because you understand. Not always. It's not always. But I really enjoy friendships with people who have liked as their first because we just easily get along and prioritize the same things. Oh, I was going to tell a story about how we were driving down the street and this guy was on his motorcycle. Bob drives motorcycle sometimes or rides a motorcycle. And this guy in front of us was um, doing wheelies by accident all the time. Like his front tire was going. Okay, she doesn't understand. Okay. <laughs> and, and anyway, good morning, everyone. You all doing good? Good, good. Okay. So we, we, uh, we are traveling home and in front of us was a, a brand new a motorcycle. I mean, new motorcycle, new motorcycle helmet. And this guy was popping the clutch at every light. And, 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 and he would stall it, then he'd start it up, and then he would let the clutch go, and up would come the bike, and then he'd be like this, and then he would speed up, and then he'd get to the next light and stop. And then he'd do it again. And I'm, I'm like, Audrey, this guy's gonna kill himself. He's gonna kill himself or hurt somebody. This is ridiculous. I said, I've gotta stop him. No, no. And she's like, no, no. no and I'm, I'm like, oh, yes, like, no, I do. You're not gonna talk to him, are you? Like, oh, I'm am gonna I gonna talk to him, to him? And I'm gonna get to that light so I can be beside him and I'm gonna talk to him. I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, just let him learn. Absolutely. He'll learn. He'll know by the end of the day how to ride that bike. What is the most loving thing you could have done? Taking the keys away from him. <laughs> really? And so, honestly, he said he so. He needs to go to a parking lot. So, and so I, I missed, I missed the exit to our home, and I was, I was, was I wasn't going to let him go. He was chasing and him. And so finally, we got side by side. I rolled down the window. And I guess where I, anyone under where I was? Oh, way under, way under. I was like, <laughs> and it's, and it's not like the guy's going to say, "Oh, I don't like you," you know. <laughs> Like, what were you concerned about? And, uh, <clears throat> but no, it, but for me, it was just like something extremely dangerous for him and for others. And so <laughs> e even though in my rightness, my motivation was absolute love. You know, you know, the whole thing is, is I care about you and I care about others. Therefore, you got to stop this nonsense. And so... And anyway, that's the, you know, it comes out in different ways, but for her, she was so horrified, but I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> so 
if you haven't downloaded your book, most of you have. I could see that a lot of you did that last night. Thank you for doing that. And Another, um, let me say one more thing about safe, because safe is uh, so low on our on our list. But what we do find out is that people feel safe. What, 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 will, what will make one person feel safe doesn't necessarily make another person feel safe. And so that is a real uh, unique component in discovering your relationship goals, mm -hmm. because what, make, what might make you feel safe does not make the other person feel safe. So even though Pastor Kirk is right, in his rightness, it may not cause uh, Suzette to feel safe. So he gets to discover, so sweetheart, what makes you feel safe? And I'll tell you one See? answer that I know for sure is she'll feel most safe when she feels understood and she feels heard. Oh. Because that's just... Oh, are we counseling from the platform now? <laughs> <laughs> but um, as we move on today, we've got some great plans for you Good. today. And as, I, as we've been praying together, because, you know, we don't want to just give cookie-cutter messages. We've been saying, Lord, for this, we love... The church here, at our family here at Rock of Asheville, we say, Lord, what is, what is going to be exactly what your Holy Spirit wants today? Because we can talk about strategies and goals, which we have to do both, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit that's going to remind us he's our counselor, he's our teacher, yes. and it's not by might nor by power or by knowledge or by strategy, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So we are just going to believe the Lord to saturate this morning with his Holy Spirit. So let's just acknowledge that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. We open up our hearts to hear what you have to say and we open up our eyes to see things that we haven't seen before lord you do the work in our hearts yeah. and everyone put their hand on their heart and just say this is all about me today and what i can see in a new way open my heart to see just say that open my heart to see i don't want to blame other people i want to see the light Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Good. Uh, it's, it's a real key principle is that you cannot change what you do not notice. And so noticing is extremely important. So even with the uh, four communication goals that we shared last night, what that does is just adds to your ability to be able to recognize and to notice. So what you want to do is begin to recognize and notice yourself but then also, you know, how are people experiencing me? And then being extremely sensitive to those that are around you. Because in all of your relationships, in all of your relationships, there is one common denominator, and that is you. No matter where you go, there you are. Okay, so you might think there's a whole lot of chaos going on out here, and it's just like, I need to just leave this one and come over here. And all of a sudden, it's only a matter of time, and we got the same kind of chaos going on. How come? I'll leave that up to you. Because you arrived. Yeah, you arrived. <laughs> okay. But again, but the, 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 the common denominator is you. And so the whole thing is, is that I can't change her. I can't change anything. I can bring an influence, but what I really want is I want to experience a transformation. Yes. And a transformation is, is a result of, of an inward transformation rather than just trying to manipulate or control the external. 
I, what really influences our world is when I begin to change from the inside out. You see, a lot of times what we're trying to do is repair or fix or change everything around us so that I can be at peace, so I can know love. No, no, no. I get to experience that. Me, myself, I, I can know love. I can know his peace. And when there's an inward transformation, then it begins to influence my outward experience. So as we, as we start today, we just, um, that whole thing about lights turning on, sometimes in the Christian world we call it a revelation, you know that, I, oh my God, and we've all had one. I had one yesterday morning when I was reading Proverbs. It's like the, the flashlight, the Holy Spirit flashlight just turned on one scripture that just impacted my heart. That scripture has been there the whole time and I probably read it many times, but what happened yesterday? It came to life. All of a sudden, what was there the whole time, a light turned on, and I saw it for the first time. That's what I believe is what the Holy Spirit can do, because we can't convince you of anything. We're going to be, actually, our subject today, we're just going to be teaching love lessons. We've got seven love lessons that we want to teach, but it's the Holy Spirit that's going to do that work. And I want to start off with just a quick little story of how this works as far as bringing what is dark to light. And this is a story about Bob's dad. Bob's dad is the most gentle, amazing man. He's just so, so awesome. I love, he's so loyal. And um, anyway, uh, he, he came to our home for dinner and had a story to tell. And he, he was there with his, his wife and he goes, okay, we have a story to tell you. We said, what happened? Because they talk about living in wobbly land. That They live in retirement city and it's called wobbly land. And they have, you know, the gates close at 9 p.m. So we got to go because wobbly land closes at 9, you know, that kind of thing. So they love their retirement and they live a real retirement kind of a life. And um, he said, last night, I went to go to the bathroom at 3 a.m., and he said, it's a very tricky thing because if I wake up at around 3, it's a very good chance I won't get back to sleep if I wake up. You know, and we all have experienced that. It's like, oh, are you kidding me? I want to go back to sleep. So the trick is you wake up, and you try not to really wake up. You know, you just, I'm still sleeping. I'm going to the bathroom, but I'm still kind of sleeping. Like, I'm just, I'm asleep, I'm asleep. Like, you're psyching yourself. I'm not awake, really. I'm just... Just make sure you get to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? Make sure you wake up from that dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good idea. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sometimes I've dreamed about going to the bathroom okay, for enough. hours. Okay, <laughs> here we like, go. Why am I going to the bathroom in my whole dream everywhere? Once I dreamed that there was a toilet Audrey, in the Audrey. living room. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so he got up in the middle of the night, and he said, so I was trying not to wake up, and I got to the bathroom, and he said, and I sat down on the toilet, and I was just like half asleep, and all of a sudden, I saw something backing up, and, and he said it was his wife had pulled up her nightie, and she was going to go to the bathroom, too, and she went to sit on his lap, and, they, and scared the wits out of him, and she scared the pee out of her. He scared the pee out of her. It was a terrible situation. He didn't, she didn't know that he had gone to the bathroom, obviously, and so she was going to go. And so anyway, that, they should have turned the light on. That's my very <laughs> profound, <laughs> profound statement of the day. Turn the light on. There is wisdom in light. Wisdom in light. That sounds spiritual. There is wisdom in turning and having light. Okay. Okay, before we, thank you. That's just funny. It was a mess. They definitely woke up and turned the light on and, and, and fixed things up. Yes, dear. But we just want to mention a couple things before we teach the love lessons. 
I loved Ryan and this, this oldie wed game. Like that was my favorite. I think my favorite moment of the whole thing was um, we would be in agreement if we just made better life choices and his was curtains. Like that was just like, <laughs> talk about paradox of deep and not deep. It was just awesome. I loved it. As far as I'm concerned, you win just for that. But he talked about the prize being the weekend at our house. So we kind of talked about it around ourselves a little bit over there. And we want to make this happen because we have created a four-day thing close to our house, 15 minutes from our house, but it's a four-day marriage intensive. And it is um, up to, there it is, September, the next one is September uh, 21st. It's in a little town up north, in a cowboy town north of Phoenix called Carefree, Arizona. And it gets held at a retreat center. It's only six to eight couples. And for four days, we just work through for 12 hours a day, just the, the, the different cycles, the different reasons why we fight, and how we're just going to get to the bottom of everything. We still have fun, but as you can understand, it, it's pretty deep, but it's awesome. So what we've decided to do, because honestly, we talked about this, we love you guys so much, we're going to give a $1,000 coupon off of this to somebody, one of the couples here. And so you just put your name on a piece of paper, and we'll choose that at the end of the um, conference. So just put it right there, a piece of paper well, with your no, name. Audrey? Okay. I'm talking really fast. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm sure everyone has a piece of paper. What we'd like is that if you think, or if you know somebody that you would like for them to be a part of this intensive, because we'll make it transferable, okay? Then what I'd like you to do is write your name on a piece of paper, and we'll put an offering bucket up here, and you can throw it in that bucket, okay? But uh, what we, but uh, it's coming up this September, and we'll give a $1,000 coupon for the winner. Is that all right? And then we'll come and we'll spend four days together and we'll have a lot of fun. Yeah, because we wanted to have them in our house for the weekend. Absolutely. I mean, I love that yes. idea. Okay. Yes. And if you can't, if you don't win or you can't make that, we have created in the last few months something that we've been working on for several years, and it's an e-course that everybody can take from home. Because we know a lot of people that come to us and say, we can't make it to an intensive, but we want to get to the, to the reasons why we fight and what our weapons are that we use against <clears throat> each other. And we want to get to the bottom of things, and we can't make it to Phoenix, but we still want to do this. And so we created a 32-class e-course that is downloadable, instable, inst instant, and it lasts a lifetime. And there it is right there. And it's brand new, and we kind of got in trouble for putting it on sale, because apparently when something's new, you're never supposed to put it on sale. But we did that for you guys just until Monday night. Um, it's 32 classes you can take at home, and it's got applica applications to life for couples or individuals. So you can take this as a married couple or as an individual that's fighting for your marriage. Uh -huh. And then we have a special promo code just for you, and that is uh, Rock Asheville. So just write that down. Take a picture of the screen. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to make that available for the next, what? Till Monday night. Till Monday night. Okay, mm -hmm. so Monday at midnight, you know, this, this uh, will be made available for you, okay? The course is always available, but we thought, what can we do? You know, because a lot of times when we get together uh, a weekend like this, it sparks, you know, just a, a, a lot of things in your relationship, and it's, and it's like, how do we further this? What more can we do? And so for us, developing this e-course has been just a real answer 
to be able to place tools within couples' homes that will really bring some lasting solutions. Because what you don't need is another list of things to do. What you don't need is just, I need to you know, start doing this and stop doing this. And because all you're doing then is altering behavior and it only lasts as long as you're willing to work the system. But what I want to help people do is get to the place of, the, of their heart. Because you don't live the life that you want, rather you're living the life you believe you deserve. Your heart beats signals continually throughout your body, and what your heart believes, it begins to direct your body, even healing your body. But your heart is five times stronger than your brain. And so when Scripture speaks about the heart continually, again, Jesus came to do what? To heal the brokenhearted. And so it's out of the issues of our heart that life is lived. So God wants to heal our hearts. So this is a big uh, component within this e-course is to help people to take personal inventory and to find the healing that they need. And, uh, and then it goes into relationships and uh, communication and sex, and it's an awesome course. So we thought, how can we best bless Asheville and the Rock Church here, and we thought, let's do this. Okay, so there you go. Okay, love, you ready? Lesson, love lesson number one. Um, this is it's gonna be a simple one, but it's an important one, and it's basically um, that we need to notice, like Bob said, and we need to learn how to appreciate. We need to learn how to appreciate. Philippians 2 verse 3, in our opinion, is like the relationship verse of the Bible. It says this, don't be selfish. <laughs> but consider other people's interests as more important than your own. And when you start to notice, things change. And I remember what happens is if somebody's amazing, and like Bob is amazing in this particular area, after a while his amazingness just becomes expected. Can you think of something of someone that you love and someone you love and what you used to think was like you're so amazed by this incredible characteristic. But after a couple years, what happens? Of course that happens, it's him. You know, he's amazing, but yeah, it's expected, of course. That's just who he is. And then, so no longer am I bringing that gratitude and that appreciation and that noticing and that exalting, that lifting up and that honoring of that very thing that used to be so amazing to me is just expected. And then what happens when he neglects or doesn't do that one thing, it becomes a disappointment. And that's one of the most frustrating things for a person. It's just like, how did I go from amazing to being a disappointment? <laughs> you know, like over time, it's just like, wait, you used to really love this, and now you're disappointed. And there's not, there is no other emotion that a man struggles with more than any other. I, I'm finally getting it out. But it's simply this, a disappointment. Whenever a man feels disappointed, I mean, it is a zero for him. I mean, there is no motivation. And, and for most women, they're like, if he knows he's a disappointment, then why doesn't he change? And, but it's absolutely no motivation for him. And so what we want to do is, is really begin to notice again, but then to place value, yes. to place worth to then again begin to express love, because that's what love is. Love is to place extreme value and worth 
on someone. And when we are noticing, this is played out in different ways in our marriage because, you know, Bob is not a disappointment. But for years, even if I didn't say it, I was thinking it. But then I just decided, and we talked about this last year, so I'm not going to belabor it, but I just believe that what I think about when it comes to Bob makes a big difference in our relationship. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. So I want to deal with my heart and say, God, remind me of the things I respect most about him, that I admire about him. I just love that I can admire him and accept him. And that just builds Bob's heart up. I could never, never be the source of his worth and his value. But I am his number one contributor. And I play a big role in how he feels. And And that's a big part of even the simple ebook that we gave you, is that you'll get to know each other in a whole another way but then you're able to read you know what are their high priorities but then you'll also begin to notice and it's just like you know what I need to shine the light on this because I am their number one contributor I want to shine the light on this and I you know and I want to praise this I want to be thankful for this and then you'll begin to watch it grow as well as all the other areas in their life. And it's easier said than done. A couple of years ago when we were preparing to learn all about the recipe that we are going to do to help people in intensives, uh, we attended our, an intensives ourselves just to get to know what's going on out there as far as relationship help. But um, one of the assignments was Bob was um, asked, we were both asked it, within our love language to ask for a very specific measurable thing that they would do for you. We all, does everyone know their love language? I mean, if you haven't, you can study that, but you know your love language. Mine was words. So I said, Bob, it would mean the world to me if you just said thank you five times a day. Because I feel like I work really hard in the house. I feel like... So again, it was something that was specific. Use words. Say thank you. It was measurable five times a day. Because I did it... that's what she was going to ask me. So you said, okay. Well, then I had the choice. Am I going to do that or not? And I kind of felt a little pressure, you know? (laughs) Like, what idiot's going to say, no, I'm not going to do that, you know? And so it's like, yes, of course. So I took this little yellow sticky note, and I put it on her, and I said, yes, I'll I'll do this for you. So I went home from that intensive. How many here would find it difficult to thank someone because their I spouse, work hard so I do five a lot. times a day how many would find that difficult you see okay I'm the only one okay go ahead go ahead we're just telling we're just being personal here we're just being real because honestly this happened I went home from that thing ecstatic because all my life words make me feel so loved and I love serving that is I love serving our family I love cooking I love cleaning I love helping I that's just my thing I love it but I, for most of my married life, I felt like, wow, no one's really noticing. And, 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 you know, so especially when I make a dinner and no one says, hey, thanks. Like, you made dinner. That takes a while. Grocery shopping, cooking. I mean, and then you eat it in five minutes and leave. And I'm like, hey, you're welcome, you know. So anyway, I thought, I just feel so loved. And it happens to be that my father, who I grew up with, and who you grew up in your family culture does make a difference. My dad has my personality, and he would be thanking my mom and telling her it was an amazing food throughout the entire dinner, every dinner, my whole life. He moans and he groans. Oh, this is so good, Betty. Oh, Betty. oh my oh, God. This, this is food so is good. so good. Thank you so much for cooking. I mean, so he, that was he's my one of the most grateful generous person with words yeah, I mean so he's a ama- he exhausts me <laughs> it's just like wow 
it, it comes to the point like, dude, I think you're just full of it, you know, but. But he's sincere. Oh, very. Yeah. Right. Every I could call him right and now. And I'm very sincere. But you don't use the words, you just think it, right? B but if I say it once, it I'll let you know when it changes. Yeah. Like he wants to have one blanket. I am going to take this marriage and thank you right now for everything you're going to do for the next That's 33 it. years. So we went home, but this was all going to change, right? Because he took the little yellow sticker. So we were going to go home. And it was all going to change. So I was just, I just felt so loved. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to, because I know thank you just fills me. It just fills my heart. Well, the first day he did it a couple times, the second day a couple times, and it dwindled from there and then it was forgotten. And then I thought, oh boy. It wasn't forgotten. I just, because I was thinking about it. But honestly, my capacity I just, was. For the life of me, cannot understand how you cannot say two words, thank you. Like, I just, why he would withhold that from me. And so now it wasn't just I'm sad that he doesn't say that, but now that he had taken a sticker, he was actually withholding that from me. And he knows how much that means. I cried when I thanked him. Thank you, honey, because this is going to change. This is going to really minister to me. And he still didn't do it. Okay, now this is getting serious. Because I was feeling really unloved by this. Because I really asked him for something, and he's withholding it from me. And it wasn't even that hard, in my opinion. <sighs> So now what do I do? Because changing Bob is not my job. The most irresistible thing to a man is a woman who's not trying to change him. I've been preaching this for eight years. We were learning how to do intensives for other people. And this isn't working here. So I can't, I, do I say something? Because it didn't work when I told him before how much it meant to me. So how is this ever going to change? So you know what I did? I got grumpy. I'm a, I am sweetness and sunshine in the house. And I haven't for many years, but you know what? The two months following that intensive, I started getting grumpier by the day because I, kn I started noticing all the work I was doing and wasn't being thanked for. And then I would clean the house extra good so that when he walked in, for sure he would say thank you, and he just started doing his own thing. And so I got sad, and I got grumpy, and I started, I just started doing the dishes really hard. Have you done the dishes hard? Like... to break things in the kitchen by accident because I was so like intensely doing the dishes and so <laughs> so then this is this is not good but I don't I just don't know I'm, I'm at loss I'm praying Jesus help me like what do I do I realized something one word was spoken and listen to this a light turned on in my heart because somebody said one statement they said, there is nothing more joyful than serving. Jesus said, for the joy set before him, he gave. The joy of serving. There is nothing that fills my heart more than to joy. But guess what? I had been serving with joy for all those years, and I did. I love serving. You heard me say that. But after I had an expectation of a thank you, the joy started to leave the serving, and it just became mean serving. And so that expectation of him had stolen my joy, and I had lost the joy in having a beautiful, clean house just because I love a beautiful, clean house. I lost the joy of just having a nice, healthy meal homemade on the table because it wasn't fun for me anymore because I was expecting a thank you from him. Right? 
guess what? I get to serve just because I love it and because I love my family and I get to have joy in my heart and no one can steal that away. Plus, there are three people in this marriage. Bob, Jesus, and me. There are three people in your marriage. I promise you, we think there's two because we're the only visible ones, but there's an invisible person in our marriage. It's Jesus Christ. And he has an equal part in this marriage. And guess what? Where Bob is not perfect, because guess what? Your husband or wife never will be. Where he has a weakness, where it's hard for him to do something, because guess what? It's just his personality or his whatever. Jesus is going to be amazing in that area for me. So I get to get connected with Jesus. This isn't against Bob, but I get to connect with Jesus where he's going to do the dishes with me and be with me, and I get to still have joy in serving. <laughs> Expectations will steal your joy every single time. And we all have Jesus. Whether you're single, married, anything, we've got Jesus. Very good. And then, Bob, you've been saying thank you so much more lately. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's just not a thing for him. Guess what? I get to let Bob be Bob because he's singing his song. I love how profound this man is. I love that he's not exactly like my dad. Me too. <laughs> he's a great guy. He's a, he's a great guy. Awesome guy. But I'm glad I didn't marry my dad. I'm glad I married Bob. This man is an amazing thank man you. of God. And just because he doesn't say thank you 500 times a day, I know that he would literally take a bullet in a second for me. He protects me with his life. He, <laughs> he loves me and calls me pretty every time I walk in a room. Hey, pretty. Hey, pretty. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're <laughs> going to make me blush. <clears throat> all right. But you guys, this all happens to us, doesn't it? So love lesson number one is just to notice each other. Mm -hmm. But then when I do need something, when I'm feeling down and I just really need from Bob, I can't just give him a free card all the time because he needs to know the truth of how I'm feeling. That's just a relationship. That's honesty. And so what I have, we have developed a tool in our toolbox our marriage toolbox called Love, Value, and Appreciate. Can you all say that? Yeah. Love. We're not doing that now. We're not doing that right now? No, we're down to 10 minutes. Oh, shoot. Yeah, don't worry. I got a plan. You got a plan? Okay. Trust me. I will. 100%. Okay. So should we just go for the next love lesson? Yes. Forgive? Okay. Yeah. I, I can't read your writing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Plus our glasses aren't working very good. <laughs> okay. And, and just to let you know, th this, is, this is something that is also, uh, just to let you kind of behind the curtain, is, uh, you know, with our public speaking, I always uh, allow her to set the schedule. And, and because we got this, we're both this in control thing, and, and I find things just go a whole lot better when she makes the list. Okay, it's like we have a library of things that we could speak about, and in preparation for our events, we will talk about them. Hey, we can pull this one. We can talk about this. You know, what are you feeling? What are you doing? But then she makes the list because then she feels comfortable. And that, that makes her feel good and safe about it, okay? And so then I'm able to follow along. When I make the list, she's scattered. I just can't do she's it. She's lost and because we're not doing it her way. And so... <laughs> 
No, really. And so, but this is a way that I'm able to yield to her and just say, hey, if that's what you need, then that's what we're going to do. And then when I was going to do the next thing on my list and he said, no, I said, okay, like that's a new thing for me. There sure. Let's do it your way. Right. Because we're down to 830. That's right. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Love lesson. And the clock doesn't lie. Okay. Let's go for it. What's Love lesson next? number two. The first lesson is to notice. The second one is to forgive. Okay, doesn't take a rocket scientist. We all know that probably the biggest lesson in loving is to forgive. However, it's sometimes it just seems impossible. So it's not just that we need to forgive, it's how do you forgive when it's not fair? How do you forgive when you feel like it's going to condone what that person did and excuse how much they hurt you? A lot of times we, we've we'll feel that way, that if I do forgive, then I'm condoning the behavior. And forgiveness is probably the greatest gift you could ever give yourself. And forgiveness in, in a real simple form is to be able to take that offense and to send it away. In other words, I'm, I'm going to choose not to allow that offense to become a barrier between us in our relationship because I want to continue to pursue you in love Therefore, I will make the choice to, ex to extend not just forgiveness, but in my forgiveness, I'm going to take that offense and I'm going to send it away. There was this uh, one couple that we had uh, met with and uh, just a horrific story in their relationship. And we had spent a couple days with them and we really weren't getting a as far along as I had hoped we would. And, and she was just having this most difficult time of forgiving, which I completely understand if, if I were to tell you the details of their story. I mean, it was one that I had never really heard of before. And it's just like, I get you. Now, whether- It was an unforgivable right. offense. Like in a, right, like right. it was in, really In natural bad. terms. Yeah. And so it was like, sweetheart, whether you remain in this marriage or not, that's not the decision we're making right now. I said, however, you must forgive. You know, it, because if you don't, you're going to harbor this, you're going to hold this, and it will, it will kill you. And so the whole thing is, is I was, I was just really challenging her in forgiveness. And, and we were, were, were getting along, we were doing well, but when it came to that, it was just like, no, I can't. I can't do yeah, that. I mean, the deception, the betrayal is so deep, how could I ever? So one evening, um, they were gonna fly the next day home, and, uh, and I told Audrey we had a dinner appointment. I said, let's stop by the hotel. And I, I had said, already felt defeated. I was like, we've tried everything right. for three days. I said, I said just let me uh, have 15 minutes with her one more time. Just like, one more time. I'll wait in the car. You know, and so she did. Yeah, she did. waited in the car. She came down, uh, her and her husband, and we sat in the lobby. And, and I just bore my heart. And I just looked into her eyes and I pleaded with her. I said, for your sake. And... Um, because I just knew what would happen. And, and when I get intense with people, I really like to use people's names, you know, just because I'm speaking to you specifically, personally. Well, I got, you came and told me, I said, how'd it go, honey? I have a real challenge with people's names. They just don't stick, you know? So I'm, I, I apologize right now. But uh, so I get back to the car and she says, how'd it go? 
I said, I don't know. But I tell you, I, I just really gave it to her. I said, Mark, And I believe him. When I he said, gives it yeah, to someone, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't like to be in the room. I have nothing to lose. <laughs> I have nothing to lose, and she has everything to gain. Yeah. And so, and I said, I just told Marge, you know, and I told Marge this, and I told Marge that, and I was just oh using my her name. Gosh, and she I says, like, you, you, she said, what? I said, I told Marge. I said, her, her name, name is not Marge. Marge. <laughs> Yeah, 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 now she got something else to forgive, that, exactly. Go ahead. So, I mean, we already felt defeated before because this, this couple flew in for 911, you know what I mean? And we weren't able to have victory with them because she just couldn't, she was resisting and we, and, and we understood, but anyway. It's Holy Spirit, right? And so we just felt defeated, but they were going to come see us one more time just to say goodbye the next day. And we saw them entering in, and you guys, they were holding hands. And I was like, we were both like, what is yeah, going something. on? And then we sat on the couch with them, and they were sitting really close to each other. And something had changed. And we just said, how are you guys doing? And, they, and, she, and she said... We experienced breakthrough. And I said, what happened? He, she said, well, Bob came to see me. And what he doesn't know is that from age zero to five, my dad had a very special name for me. And it was Marge. And nobody knows that. But when he spoke into my eyes, I literally, when he started calling me Marge, I felt like it was the Heavenly Father speaking right to me that this is what I need to do if I'm going to get breakthrough in my life. That's a Holy Spirit moment. <laughs> but from that story, I want you to really hear The cry that we cannot hold offenses against one another. I mean, if you knew this woman's story, you would all take her. You know, you'd take up her offense. But the love of a father knows that for his daughter to live with that resentment, to live with that rage and that revenge, it would only poison her and the rest of her life. I'd like to show to you, just before we go to break, our family okay, picture. Okay, story? Yeah. Okay, sure. Here's our family. And um, there's Audrey, <laughs> of course, front and center. Like me. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and there's the crazy one in the background. But uh, my daughter, Janelle, my daughter in love, uh, Tessa, my son David there, they're in the back jumping as well, their husband and wife, my son Christopher on the right, and then there in the middle is my son Robert. And for most of you, you know our story. You know, you, you know that we have, you know, experienced an affair and I'll just in our, say in that our part, relationship. That's my, my part. And you know, I had an affair 17 years into our marriage that I thought was going to end our marriage, it lasted three weeks, and I told Bob, and we were just broken, broken. We were in ministry, this wasn't supposed to happen to us. I don't know what kind of deception came over me that I would betray my husband like this. But God rescued us, and but after two weeks of into that rescue, 
plan that God had for us, I found out that I'd become a pregnant as a result of that affair. And when I found that out, and I knew that he wouldn't look like the other kids, and that he was much younger than all the other kids, I thought, everyone in the world is going to know the most stupid and selfish thing I did. I've destroyed not only my husband's life, but my kid's life, and I'm a mama bear. And I didn't think that our family, I never ever dreamed in that moment we would have a family picture like that. I never dreamed that that would be a family picture. We were Bob and Audrey with Christopher, Janelle, and David. That was us for 10, 15 years. And now I'm carrying a baby. And I remember when I was alone in the car, not knowing what to do with this baby, my dad said one thing to me. He says, Audrey, that's what you did but that is not who you are. And I said, but dad, the evidence is there. I did this. I sinned. I made the biggest mistake. I betrayed God, my Jesus, who I love. What a public disgrace I am to the body of Christ. And he says, you know, other people will judge you for what you did. But God, your father, always remembers who you are who you designed you to be, and the song that he has put in your heart to sing. Audrey, don't stop singing your song. At that point in my life, I could have stopped singing altogether and just hid in a closet forever because what I had done. But then when the baby was born. Yeah. When our son was born, I gave him my name, Robert. And that's him right there. <laughs> He's 15 years old. He'll be a sophomore in high school this year. You see, this story that we share, it started, you know, 16 years ago. And But as just as Audrey said, I had no idea of this picture that we'd be able to share with you. But God did. Others did. And we share this with you today because I don't want you to take for granted one more day the value of relationships that you have, husbands and wives, friendships. I want you to begin to notice and value and to love and appreciate one another one more time. I want you to begin to speak again to the dignity, to their value, to their worth. I want you to begin to listen and hear them because really what they're wanting is just to simply to be understood. And when we understand one another in an ever-increasing measure, listen to me, when we understand one another in an ever-increasing measure, then they're able to stand because I choose then to serve. And in my serving, I come under that you might stand. Might you see that? That as you continue to invest in relationships, and you may not be getting anything in return, but if you would be willing, as Jesus did, to take the towel, wrap it around you, and to wash the filth off of the relationships in your life, Jesus said this, and in Scripture it says, Jesus knowing where he had come from and where he would return, 
chose to take the towel and wash his disciples' feet. Jesus, because his identity was intact, because he knew who he was, and he knew his father, and his father knew him, he was secure. He was then able to take the lowest position of all and serve. See, I share this picture with you because there's a dream in your heart that I don't want you to let go. I don't want you to allow the resentment, the anger, the bitterness, the unforgiveness to live one more day within your heart. Would you be willing to take that offense and send it away that you would begin to pursue healthy, right relationships once again? You know, it doesn't make any sense that Bob forgave me like he did. And the forgiveness, because it doesn't make sense. I didn't deserve it. And forgiveness came in layers. It wasn't just, oh, yay, I forgive you, Audrey. It was a journey to get to the place of freedom. And it's just a matter of starting that road of making the first step and say, I'll start that road. But it began for me in knowing how extravagantly loved I am by my father. It wasn't anything that she could, I could do. Never have there was nothing back. that she could perform enough for me, you know, to give me enough evidence that I'd be able to. It all began just bathing myself in the waterfall of my father's love. Thank you, Jesus. And him washing away the hardness of my heart. Yes. The resentment, it's the rage, the bitterness. Yes. See. When you know who you are, when you know how fully loved and forgiven you are, then you can begin to understand, serve one another, that they might stand again. Is that okay? Close your eyes and just lift up your hands, everyone. Holy Spirit, in this beautiful God moment, may that waterfall of your love begin to just wash down on every precious precious person in this room let the love flow it this is a holy spirit work for those who have been trying really hard to forgive someone let's just make this a holy spirit thing and just say god soften my heart and love me because then i'll be able to give that kind of unconditional love to someone else so just say those words out of your mouth just say father love me like i've never been loved before Melt my heart with your mercy. Fill me and saturate me with your extravagant, unconditional love so that I can forgive that person. Because with this love, I can forgive and offenses will fall off. The offenses cannot survive in this waterfall. The offenses will not survive in this waterfall of the Father's love. The offenses fall away. Just go ahead and see those offenses just being sent away. Just send away the offenses because in this waterfall of the Father's love, there's no room. Good. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Just, you know, remember this moment. Go back to this moment if you need to, you know, later in the day, later in your week. I just want you to revisit this moment again. 
and just you just allow the Father to love you and to wash you and to soften your heart, okay? Now, before we go to break, I just want to remind you, we're going to get a bucket up here to put your name in there for a draw uh, for the uh, um, intensive in Arizona. Uh, but then also before we go to break, what I want you to do in this moment is just, if you're husband and wife here, I just want you to take a moment and just kind of pivot in your chair with each other. Just look into each other's eyes and just begin to express, I love you. I value you. I appreciate you. Can we Look do this right eyes. now? Before we dismiss, I'd like the couples actually yeah. pivot together. This isn't turn And then friends as well. Just let, just communicate that. But what I need you to do is just connect. Look into each other's eyes and just say, you know what? I'm noticing you. I see you. I may not, you know, verbalize it like I should. If there's something that, that has been a barrier and, you're ob and it's obvious and it's just like, you know what, we're going to work through this. I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to pursue you. 